Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 580 WCHS, its employees, or WVRC Media. 580 Live is presented by Thornhill Automotive and is broadcast live from the Parmar Stores studio. The country, the United States of America, the state, West Virginia, the city, Charleston. This is 580 Live, and your host of 580 Live. What we've got here is failure to communicate. He's kind of a big deal. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble. Dave Allen. Hey folks, a good Tuesday morning to you for the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group, the voice of Charleston, WCHS, Bigly, Bigly, Wiggly Hotline, 304-345-5858, Fruit Pharmacy, text 304-935-5008, Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group. Get behind the wheel with Thornhill. The Thornhill Motor Mile is your destination for great new products from their 11 manufacturers, plus miles of quality pre-owned vehicles, too. Shop online, thornhillautomotive.com. We do the show each Monday through Friday from the Parmar Store Studio. If there's not a Parmar Store near you now there will be sue and it's a uh, day two of the parmar shootout at west virginia state university matter of fact games got underway at 8 30 this morning final game begins at nine o'clock tonight i'll have more on the shootout it was a great day one and got a full uh, day of basketball boys and girls today and uh also tomorrow as well and i'll have a complete rundown of all the uh, today's games coming up a little bit later on in the show and again if there's not a parmar store near you now there will be soon rick cavender from charleston main street is going to join us in the second part of the show to update us on some things going on in the city of Charleston, but I want to welcome in now our good friend from the Benny Keatum Shrine, Chris Withrow. Chris, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Dave. How are you today? I am doing fine. Always a pleasure to have you on the show because you always got a lot of things going on. The Community Shrine Club just does a fantastic job, not only here in Charleston, but all, all, all over the world, for that matter, with uh, the various things that you do. So give us the overall view, then we'll get into specifics. What's up? Uh, what's going on with the Shrine these days? Well, the Shrine is the Shrine. We've, we have a mission, and that mission is to raise money to help children and uh we have a bunch of men uh and their ladies all around the world that that spend a lot of time a lot of effort and a lot of money to to get these kids the the care that they need in all of our hospitals the 25 or 28 somewhere in there uh it just keeps growing more hospitals new Mm -hmm. medical centers every day coming in and so you know we spend an awful lot of time and a lot of effort to raise money to help our children. And uh, we, we have a lot of children here in our local area, you wouldn't think, but we do. And uh, 
here in Charleston at the Benny Keatum Shrine Center, we literally um, directly um, help the Lexington Medical Center and the Dayton Medical Center mm-hmm. in Ohio. So that's that's our two hospitals that we mainly support. Uh, and, and doing so, we have a lot of activities and a lot of fundraisers and a lot of marches, a lot of parades. We do a lot of things to help raise money to do that. So. And I think sometimes people, you, know, <clears throat> you see this organization and you think, okay, this is primarily um, helping helping kids in other areas. Not that that's a bad thing either. You, know, you want to help right. all the kids you can. But, uh, but uh, you do have a lot of people that you serve here in West Virginia, here in the Charleston area. We do. you know, And we also have a transportation committee. And so we... The gentleman, actually, we have five vans here in West Virginia that we take those kids uh, and their family member to the hospitals for their appointments, uh, whether it be a just a one-day trip or an overnight trip. So, you know, we actually transport them at no cost mm-hmm. to them. So, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to maintain five vans and, and all the – all the things that go on along with that, you know, as far as maintenance and insurance and gas and overnight stays and food. So it's a it's a monumental task and it's something that uh, we take very seriously while we're having fun. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. And again, this is where all these fundraisers come in uh, that you have to have in these different the, the various activities. Not only fun, but fund uh, with a D are also needed as well. And you got some big ones coming up. We do actually. Uh, February the eighteenth is our next one, and, and I'm really excited about this. Uh, we've got a group uh, of gentlemen and their ladies who have really planned out a wonderful event, and it's it's being coined the Bootleggers Ball. So that being said, it's a Prohibition era. Uh, speak easy type uh, event and we're going to have uh, a wonderful uh, world-class jazz trio of uh, the Vince Lewis trio will be playing jazz and and uh, we're going to have prohibition era very authentic cocktails and this is going to be at the at the, the, uh, yes at your temple yeah at uh, 100 courier street mm-hmm. uh, at the Benny Keatum Shrine Center it's going to be the 18th six o'clock um and come come dressed in that prohibition era, ladies. Wear your flapper dress if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, men, you know, wear your zoot suits or whatever works for you. Now, it's not required. I mean, if you want to come in in a pair of blue jeans or shorts and a t shirt, we're not going to turn you away. We're not going to turn you away, and you're going to have a great time regardless. And and it's going to be a lot of fun. There'll be a lot of surprises, a lot of things going on throughout the night. Um, it's fifty dollars uh, a person, and that includes. Uh, a cocktail, um, you know, with uh, with your ticket, and there's going to be really nice heavy hors d'oeuvres uh, that's uh, being uh, provided by Anthony Wilkins, which is a great chef in town, mm-hmm. and so we're really excited about that. Um, you know, in in February, so as soon as we get finished up and basically get cleaned up, we got to get started on the uh, the um, tartan ball, which is going to be March the third. We don't have a lot of time in between, but that is going to be in concert with the Celtic calling, with everything that's going on downtown. And the Tartan Ball is um, being sponsored by the uh, the Highlanders, which, you know, those are the guys that wear the kilts mm-hmm. and play the bagpipes mm-hmm. and all that. So you're going to have a parade of the Tartan. You're going to have the a traditional toast to the Haggis, which is all kind of a – Scottish Celtic vibe thing and it's going to be a really nice evening there'll be music and food and the whole nine yards and that's a hundred dollars a couple 
Um, and again, that's all at 100 Courier Street. So we're, we do a lot of stuff right there. We're not just that building that sits mm-hmm. beside the Civic Center. And anymore. I want to talk about that just for a moment. There's one thing I wanted to throw uh, throw in there. Um, you know, the, the Shrine Temple, of course, you do so many different things at your facility there next to the conveniently located next to the Coliseum and Convention Center. Uh, and I'll say this. If you are heading out to an event at the Coliseum this past weekend, the West Virginia Auto Show was held. I was there on Sunday. You got the girls, boys and girls state basketball tournament coming up at most of these big events at the Coliseum. You guys are out there and you allow parking on your lot for a donation. Yes. And and here's the thing about that. I think that it's something that people may or may not know that you do. But when you give that money to park on that lot, and it's very convenient, as you said, it's right there, not inside a building. It's right there. It's a big old parking lot right there. You can't miss it. That money goes right back into these organizations or, or the organization to help these very kids and things of that nature that you were talking about earlier. Yes, you know, and again, you see that big building, that big parking lot. So the money that we raise from that parking lot, keeps the lights on you know keeps the building clean and in good repair and that keeps us a a home base a hub where we can go out and continue our good philanthropy of raising money for the kids so Mm -hmm. you know five dollar donation to come in and park where you can literally get out of your car Mm -hmm. and walk straight into the front door of the civic center that's that's really nice and we do that for 90 percent of the events the only reason why we wouldn't if someone has rented the building and they also sure, yeah, get yeah. get the parking. But for most big events, you do. I mean, will you be out there for concerts and things? I know you're out there for the for the state tournament because I parked there last year, and I know you were there for the auto show this past weekend. So for most of the big events, you're offering parking there. Absolutely, we do, and it's it's going to be uh, you know that parking lot is, is going to be so nice, especially when they get this new. I'm not sure exactly what all's going on to the, the, the Civic Center, the but sports complex, the sports complex, uh-huh. and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be nice. Uh, we're going to have parking, and again, that's right across the street. You're not in a a uh, um, parking garage or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, talking about us being there on the parking lot all the time, you know, our building is open to the public to rent, mm-hmm. and you know, we have a wonderful facility. We can do anything from a classroom setting to we have a lot of weddings, mm-hmm. memorial services. Um, th- this past weekend, we had the uh, fireman's ball on Saturday, which was absolutely beautiful. They had a promotion ceremony. I think the Highlanders piped in the color guard from from the shrine, and it was awesome. It was a really good event. And uh, last Friday, this past Friday, um, the Charleston um, City of Charleston Police Department, Fire Departments got together and was doing a fundraiser for the Regal sure, Hotel. Yeah, yeah, and we. We uh, volunteered our parking lot, and they set up. And, and I saw that. Yeah, they they stuff. absolutely. The citizens of Charleston came in in droves and bought those barbecue lunches or dinners or whatever time they bought them, and just literally poured out. That was a great event. It was really nice to see everybody helping out, and and Charleston Police Department, City of Charleston, and of course the Shriners getting involved and and trying to help the. That's what it's all about. Yeah, man. helping our people. You know, it's it's wonderful. Got a call here, and this is our good friend Jim, and I think he wanted to say hello to you. So, uh, Jim, go ahead. Uh, yes, Dave, I would. Uh, as a teenager, I was selected to, to go with the Shrine to Lexington, uh, Kentucky. Uh, with my polio, they uh, operated only three times during one summer. And it did not cost my family a single penny. So I'd like to tell the listeners 
to please give your money to the Shriners. I couldn't think of a, uh, a more uh, uh, group to give to. And uh, I appreciate this gentleman being on the air this morning uh, to uh, talk about it. All right, Jim, I appreciate your phone call. There's a prime example of somebody that was helped out by the Shrine, Chris. Well, you know, Jim's awesome. He is a he's a sweetheart of a guy, and he literally is one of our best local ambassadors. He speaks to anyone that will listen about the Shrine, and I'm glad that uh, the Shrine uh, makes me feel good that something that I'm doing helps another human so that's awesome jim great great to hear from you and um hope to see you soon let's go over your big events again before we let you go Go absolutely so february the 18th um bootleggers ball it's fifty dollars a person it's uh, starts at six o'clock the vince lewis trio is going to be there that's 100 courier street you can purchase your tickets at um Calling by calling 304-343-9405. And then March the 3rd, we have the Tartan Ball, uh, and that's $100 a couple. And, again, you can purchase your tickets either at 100 Courier Street or call by calling 304-343-9405. Okay, good stuff. And is any of your information available online as far as social media? Absolutely. Like we have, a, we have a, a website, and that's... Benny Keedem Shrine, uh, Benny Keedem W V. Well, that's B E N I K E D M, right? B E N I K E D E M W V dot U S. All right, go check it out, Chris. You guys and gals do a fantastic job with everything you do, man. I really do appreciate it. I, I really hope. I, I thank you so much. I really hope to see you on February the eighteenth. Don't I, forget about all us. All right, absolutely. I appreciate you, Chris. Chris, uh, uh, Chris Withrow from the Benny Keedem Shrine. Get out there and support these guys. And remember, if you need a building for your uh, for your upcoming event, you got a class reunion, a wedding, or dance, or something like that. Get in touch with these folks. They they're available uh, for rental there on uh, Courier Street. And also, when you go out to these big events, you know, like I said, concerts, ball games, whatever, to Coliseum Convention Center. Put your money in them. Just to go ahead and park in that uh, that convenient parking lot right there, as I normally do. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, Rick Cavanaugh from Charleston Main Street is going to join us. Five Eighty Live is brought to you in part by the Charleston Dirty Birds. Dirty Birds having a job fair this Saturday, uh, starting at eleven at the ballpark, the Gomar Ballpark. The Dirty Birds are in need of concession stand workers, ushers, production crew, promo team members, ticket takers, clubhouse attendants, workers for their team store, bad boys, kid zone workers, and more. Job fair this Saturday from eleven till two at Gomar. Ballpark. Ballpark, the home of the Dirty Birds. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this with Rick Cavender, 580 Live, brought to you by the Thorn Lauder Group for the Parmar Store Studio on the Voice of Charleston, WCHF. The brand new Generations Physical Therapy for Nitro and Cross Lanes is now open. Get your appointment at generationspt.com. Tag it new, tag it used. Get behind the wheel with Thornhill. The Thornhill Motor Mile is your destination for great new products from our 11 manufacturers. Plus miles of quality pre-owned vehicles to fit your budget, your style. Backed up with our Thornhill Value Plus warranty. Get the best deal in sight morning, noon, or night at thornhillautomotive.com. Tag it used. And make a monster statement with a lower payment. We'll even tag your current ride if you're looking to sell with top dollar payouts. Tag your next ride on the Thornhill Motor Mile. 
Hey, it's Dave Allen for Parmar Stores. Have you signed up for the Parmar app yet? If not, what are you waiting for? A simple download of the Parmar app can save you big bucks at the register and at the pump. It's easy. Download the app and get ready to save. You can also sign up for the Parmar Rewards Card. We have over 210 stores in five states, and we continue to grow, all in an effort to better serve you. Parmar is the official store of high school sports in West Virginia, and we are the official convenience store of Marshall University. Come see us today, and remember, if there's not a Parmar store near you now, there will be soon. This is Chris Withrow with the Benny Keaton Shrine Center in Charleston, West Virginia. We are inviting you on February 18th to Bootleggers Ball. Festivities start at 7 p.m. You can purchase your tickets by calling the Shrine Center at 304-343-9405. Tickets are $50 per person, which includes two authentic Prohibition cocktails. You can purchase your tickets again at 304-343-9405. Get the job done right with a case knife. Shop the best selection of pockets, sports, specialty, and culinary knives at Riley's Tools in St. Albans. Not 23, 580 Live is brought to you probably by Hudson's Pizza. This month, pick yourself up a 14-inch heart-shaped pepperoni pizza pickup, dine-in, or delivery. Only $14.99. Visit Hudson'sPizza.com for details. The boss, Dale Cooper, serving as our producer today. Bigly Piggly Wiggly Hotline, 304-345-5858. Food Pharmacy Text, 304-935-5008. I want to welcome our good friend Rick Cavender, Executive Director of Charleston Main Streets. Good morning, sir. How are you? Morning, Dave. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fine. Thank you for being here. Um, oh. You have a program you want to do, uh, talk about. A little bit this morning. This uh, facade grant program, fancy title. It is. Tell us about it. Sounds very fancy. No, yeah. This is actually a program. We just relaunched it, and when I say relaunch, I mean uh, years ago. We had this very successful program um, for a number of years, over a decade. We uh, administered this program that essentially uh, provides matching funds to our small business owners uh, in our east and west side, and now downtown districts, the urban core, as we call it, of Charleston. Um, We're it was very successful. It leveraged several millions of dollars of, of private investment in the uh, the commercial properties of those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, as a as a brief description, if you're a property owner, business owner, you need new windows, you need new a new door, you need your brick pointed, your bricks pointed, you need uh, new signage. Uh, any actually now, any public art would would qualify. If you make your investment, say. Uh, Let's just throw out a number $15,000 of investment in that. You would be eligible for up to a $15,000 match, depending on our process and how much we can afford to to, uh, to distribute for one grant. So, um, you know, as I said, it was very successful for several years. It did. Uh, it was suspended for about five years. And uh, through a grant that we received through the Truist Foundation and, of course, the Charleston Urban Renewal Authority matched that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have $100,000 in the pool for that to start out with. And uh, we just launched the application process on our website about a week and a half ago mm-hmm. and uh, the first deadline will be March 31st. It's a quarterly deadline process. So we're making sure to get the word out any way we can to any business or property owner that, that exists within those those urban districts of Charleston that they could be eligible for to receive those funds. So this is uh, perfect for, as you said, a business uh, downtown that just needs a little, what, help me out here. Yeah, I program. mean, so what, what, and what I'll say is we're, we're going to be really mindful of uh, prioritizing certain blocks as far as need is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those blocks are? 
Well, uh, we'll be working on that as far as um, what the priorities are. So, for okay. instance, Washington Street East, Washington Street West, we're looking at different areas in downtown. What we're really going to be looking at is how can a, say, one or two building restoration projects improve an entire block, right? Okay. Whenever you do, whenever you do improvements in a condensed area like this, it's not just improving your building. You're making an entire, potentially a whole block, maybe a whole street. Sure, yeah. Um, look, look totally different. We've seen that happen. You and I have talked several times about all the improvements that we've seen, uh, down at Slack. Uh, the Slack Plaza, the city mm-hmm. center, and what that's done to that entire block, actually all downtown. Um, you know, we want to see that happening with more privately owned uh, buildings as well. So these, uh, if, if I own a business in one of these areas right now, and I'm thinking, well, I, this is something I need to, I need to look into. How much work is involved for the business owner on this? So if you go to our website, cwvmainstreets.org, it's one of the first things you see on the homepage. You click on um, that the logo there that's that's on the homepage, takes you to a landing page, and gives you all the details for the grant application process. What we've done, we've modernized it a little bit. We put the entire application process online. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also submit a paper application if you wish, but you can also apply online. Of course, we need documentation as far as if you're a if you're a lessee if you don't own the building you'll need like a whole harmless agreement uh put in place make sure you're the owner of the building is okay with the improvements you're making uh, that kind of thing we'll need to see a full budget uh for your entire project even if we're only funding one portion of the project we want to see the whole budget because we want to see how our funds uh that that we you know we're, we're stewards of these funds right they're not yeah. our funds we want to make sure that uh those funds how they're being leveraged uh, and how much investment is going to occur uh, due to our um, our contribution to the project. Uh, so a few forms you'll have to submit uh, with the application. It's all on the website, very, uh, very um, clearly spelled out. Um, and, of course, if anyone has any questions, uh, any technical questions about the program, they can um, either email us at facades at charlestonmainstreets.org or give us a call um, in the office at 304-767-9800. Talking to Rick Cavender, Executive Director of Charleston Main Streets here on 580 Live. It's uh, it's 927. Um, where did this whole idea come from? Where did this whole concept come from? And and, it, and I'm going to imagine this has been used in other cities as kind of a model. Give us some examples of some other, maybe some other cities that have, that have done this particular type thing. So, yeah, several other cities. I mean, this, this program in Charleston was started uh, based on uh, ideas that, they, that uh, my predecessors had gotten years ago. I've been in this role for almost 15 years. So years ago, they had uh, gotten this idea from other cities either in West Virginia or outside of West Virginia. We've seen several um, successful uh, uh, usages of this program. So um, uh, certainly Morgantown had done a great job with their uh, facade program for several years. Martinsburg, uh, we've seen work like this done in in bigger cities uh, like Washington, D.C., Orlando, uh, Boston. The list really goes on. Um, And it's just one little tool in the tool belt that we now are adding um, to uh, to incentivize people to invest in their property, and again, like I said, um, you know, hopefully aesthetically enhance an entire block. Now, you mentioned if they lease the building, um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm I'm going to presume that there is a a component that if I lease a building in one of these areas, and I'm also going to have to have a buy-in, no pun intended, you know, <laughs> from the person that actually owns the building, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So that is a requirement. If if you do not if you do not own the building, right, you have yeah. to have approval, and there's a form, of course, a, a approval from the property owner uh, that these uh, that these improvements that are, are going to be made are okay with them. What's the buzz been about this so far? I mean, uh, what, what you've got it out there. We've gotten a lot of good feedback. We put out our initial social media post about it. Uh, we've sent direct uh, uh, invites to property owners in our districts, business owners in our districts uh, uh, through eblast, that kind of thing. We're starting to get a little bit of feedback. It takes a little bit of time to fill out the application to get it submitted. So we haven't gotten any yet. We fully expect to get several by the, dead, the first deadline of March 31st. And that process is going to be really selective because, like I said, we have a limited pool of funds and we're going to be prioritizing based on the need um, and what what we believe will be the most impactful um, 
impactful improvements for the districts. How, impor- how important is the public's input on this? I don't necessarily mean the people that own the businesses or the lease the businesses or whatever. I mean, do you are you are you getting input from the public on some of these things? Maybe some recommendations and well, we I I always get those. Well, so. sure you do, whether you want them or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just people. here to buy a head of lettuce at Kroger. Man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly that's right. What I'm here for. It, it is sometimes tough, as I'm sure you've experienced, yeah. to, to be go out anywhere and not get uh, folks' opinion on where you know what buildings should look like yeah. what and who should be doing what and right. they whoever they is should be doing it um but you know this is actually applying that directly that you know we're going to be working with those days right if you will um that that can actually invest in their building so um sure we get feedback all the time yeah, i would imagine so it's nine thirty. talking to rick cavender executive director charleston main streets what else you got going on you always have exciting things going on what's yeah yeah uh i mean well i would say what's rising to the top right now you know back in august i'm sure you remember we made our big announcement uh, under the tent there on indiana avenue about um, a half a million dollar investment that we are making through several funders uh found private foundations the appalachian regional commission several foundations um have all come together to uh to fund our west side gateway lighting initiative and so uh we're actually starting that engineering work now we've hired an engineering firm um, and uh, we'll be going through that process and that phase one process of designing this new lighting project so all the lampposts that you see from uh, Pennsylvania Avenue to Maryland Avenue in that Elk City District that gateway district of the west side uh, will eventually be replaced with uh, new LED lampposts that not only shine much brighter down on the street but they, some of them will also be shining up onto the buildings it's mm-hmm. a very unique project um, and it, it will it we see this as a way to protect the investment that occurred in that area mm-hmm. and also um, promote future investment as well sort of um, add to that excitement and that investment that's already occurred on the west side and you talk about something that the public has been clamoring for i mean they really have because of some of the issues that's happened there in years past and i've seen mm-hmm. you know interviews with people in the paper and we've had it on the air too with people said we just need more lighting in that area that would, that would help things safety and aesthetic enhancement safety being number one mm-hmm. um, have been the two driving forces behind um, this very this project that's been, that's been in the works for almost five years now. We've been working on this really hard for a long time, and we're really, really excited to see it finally come into fruition. We hope we can't give an exact deadline yet because you never know how construction is going to go. Uh, but we're really we're uh, working as as uh, dilig- diligently as we can to see it happen this year. How are things going uh, in that uh, that part of the the business district aspect, the Elk City area? Things are things are smooth. Things seem solid. You know, we've seen a couple of businesses close, unfortunately. Um, you know, and some of those things are uncontrollable. They they have nothing to do with the health of the of the business community in Charleston. Sometimes it's just a, a matter of a property owner or a business owner selling it or moving sure, out of yeah. state. You know how that goes. Um, there seems to be constant interest in some of those buildings that still need renovated. We're seeing work uh, continuing to occur at the old Fountain Hobby building there at the corner. Um, right there in the middle of the Elk City District, we're seeing uh, some excitement, some work uh, still con- uh, continuing at the Stats Hospital building uh, that the Bullock family owns. Um, a lot of really uh, positive uh, vibes I'm feeling. I think we'll we'll see some b- uh, major movement here in the next uh, 10 to 12 months uh, as far as that goes. As far as business is concerned, uh, we've had several grand openings, several ribbon cuttings over the past uh, six months, mm-hmm. um, uh, many of which were on Tennessee Avenue right there. There's a huge um, insurgence of, of really creative businesses that have opened up right there on Tennessee Avenue. Um, Give us an example of some of those businesses. I mean, specifically what what, what kind of things that they've been doing there? Yes, yeah, so you saw Kinship Goods expand. They purchased the building, I think, three doors down from them, mm-hmm. where they were uh, formerly. Uh, we've seen them uh, do a huge expansion there. Their business continues to grow and thrive. Um, you know, they've expanded their uh, their not only their, their brick-and-mortar business, but you're seeing them ship stuff all over the world, uh, which is great that that's a 
Charleston-based business doing that. They're some sure, of the hardest-working yeah. folks in the area. Um, you're seeing a Vandalia Company, and then, of course, Stephanie Woody and her husband, Josh, opened Vandalia Company about a year, a little bit over a year ago, and then now they've opened up their market right beside of it, sort of like a locally owned Williams and Sonoma, if you will, mm-hmm. Williams Sonoma. So um, <clears throat> uh, we've seen that. We have um, a marketing agency that's there, 84 Agency. They're doing great work there. They're helping local nonprofits uh, with their marketing efforts. They have their office, their home office there. Um, of course, January School of Dance is right there as well, and she's made a huge investment in that space. Um, overall, everything, if, you, if you're walking down Tennessee, it's a whole different world now. All those buildings have been restored. Um, and but that's good stuff because, I mean, there's such – cities like Charleston, and there's several others you know, around the state and around the country, for that matter, that have such grand architecture. Mm-hmm. I don't know the first thing about architecture other than when I look at a building, I think, well, that's cool. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, pretty. Of, that's the extent of my architecture <laughs> knowledge. But when you see those things, it's just so much better than just having another – you know, um, like uh, 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 just, you know, number one, nothing being there, or number sure. two, just another bland building. I mean, when, mm-hmm. when you can really bring out some of the architecture of those buildings. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I mean, really quickly, a good example of that. I mean, I, I guess it's been about four or five years ago now. You saw that the building where Books and Brews is now, and several other businesses in that building the Bullock family owns, yeah, that was a Dollar General with, mm-hmm. like, the metal siding uh, on it. And, you know, a flat a flat siding, no um, fenestration on the top, all that good stuff. You know, they, that family took that building back to its original glory, right? They spent they, – they invested several thousand dollars to get it look like that and immediately was able to recruit so many great businesses to those spaces. So I mean, that's just one example. We could go sure. on and on yeah. about that. But to your point, um, that it usually attracts – uh, folks a lot quicker when when a potential business owner is looking for space and they see a space like that that's sort of like white box ready for them but also looks great on the outside it's more appealing to them got a text here from the fruit pharmacy text line rick and it says how about a tenant for the old rite aid building that's a total eyesore that's a great question and you know we kind of view that building as sort of an anchor uh, for that gateway district there. Um, so it's going to have to be somebody pretty big to come in there is what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's, oh, sure. If it stays in its current state, we're yeah. talking several thousand square feet. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also prime real estate. There's a huge parking lot there. You know, mm-hmm. parking is always a concern. I think anywhere in Charleston, you always hear about, you know, concerns for parking or at least perceived concerns for yeah. parking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of potential for that building. You know, we've seen some interest. We've heard some interest. have had some conversations. Of course, I have to keep those confidential. Sure, yeah. Talk about them. But, um, you know, I think... Uh, uh, the folks that are representing that building are working hard to try to find a good tenant for it. Um, but it, for us, it's huge because, again, it's an anchor, not just for that that Elk City district, but also as you drive down Washington Street and you continue into the west side, we need to see, make sure those those vacant buildings we do have get filled as quickly as possible. 24 minutes away from 10, 580 Live is brought to you part by QC Kinetics of Huntington and Cross Lanes. If you have got uh, ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, don't presume that steroid surgery or pain pills are your only option. Get a free consultation with the local medical professionals of QC Kinetics of Huntington and Cross Lanes, 304-202-5566, 304-202-5566 for QC Kinetics of Huntington and Cross Lanes. Rick, where can people learn more about these uh, various things you We've talked about today the facade and on down sure if you go first uh, to cwvmainstreets.org that is our website like i said the application is there for the facade grant program i will say we are in the middle of a huge uh, overhaul for our website so mm-hmm. some information is currently missing unfortunately but there's please, be... like they say please overlook our mess that's, <laughs> that's right yeah currently the signs. under construction yeah. yeah um but as far as our lighting project goes there's information on our facebook page about that several articles have been uh, written about this project uh, news coverage um and we will be putting more information on our website once the map Master plan is ready. 
Rick Cavender from Charleston Main Street sits uh, 23 minutes away from 10. All right, now I'm going to ask you to totally switch gears here. All right, okay, put on a but, different hat. Right? But you're you're just get up and go go in the other room, <laughs> change clothes, and come back because right. because you like most of us, you have two, three, or four different roles. Mm-hmm. By the way, one of those is father. How's the kids doing? They're, I ask you about the kids are doing. Doing great. Just took them to school this morning. They're yeah, I got, they're still one. in school. That's good. You yeah, I've kept them there. To keep right? the education. That's good. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have one that'll be in high school next year. Wow. One in middle school next year, which is hard to believe. But they're doing great. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, speaking of kids. Kids, uh, mm-hmm. Your other role is totally unrelated to the Main Street gig. Is you're a member of the Kanawha County Board of Education. I'm mm-hmm. going to get into this a little bit later on in the show. Um, there was um, some talk yesterday, Superintendent Tom Williams, who, by the way, is going to be on the show Friday. I've made arrangements for Superintendent Williams to be on the show uh, this coming Friday about uh, some school consolidation that may be going on with some of our elementary uh, schools. Uh, Grandview, um, Marmette, I think, was one. Weimer, uh, over in the St. Albans area, a couple of mm-hmm. others. Um, any comment that you can make? at this time what i would say about that just generally speaking is as one of the elected members of the board working with the superintendent who tom dr williams does an incredible job um you know our our responsibility is to do our very best to be you know the best stewards of the taxpayer dollars we possibly can be right um that's one of our roles and you know and we're there to set policy right we're we're there to, to um support the superintendent in his decisions that he makes he oversees the system um, and to give advice and to listen to him and make sure that we, um, as sort of the, uh, the, the representatives of the community, uh, being, being elected board members, that we're listening and we're making the best decisions we can. Having said that, I will say, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, we, in this case, we have a responsibility. We're seeing the entire state of West Virginia's population continue to decline, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right? So, of course, Kanawha County's population is going to decline. We're the largest county in the state. Right. Population wise, we have the largest school system in the state. We have the, we have the um, most buildings of any school system in the state, mm-hmm. over 70 buildings. Um, in order for us to to make sure that we are spending those tax dollars as wisely as we possibly can, we have to take a look at those those enrollment numbers, which are affected, of course, by population mm-hmm. um, and make the best decisions we can. As far as the usage of our buildings, the condition of the buildings, um, and do the best we can to make sure that um, we're being as efficient as we possibly can be being a county that has the most buildings in the state of West Virginia. So <clears throat> having said that, um, consolidation is never easy. It's it's never a, a, a um, uh, an easy conversation to sure, have with yeah. folks who are affected by it. I remember when I was in elementary school, my elementary school consolidated, and I remember my my parent, my mom, being sort of sad about it because that was the school that had been there for so long. Yeah, and it's a big part of it. it. You know, and schools are such a huge part of the community. Oh, Sometimes yeah. they're the only meeting space in a community, yeah. right? We, everything we, happens. That's right, and so you know, that's we, we are mindful of that. Uh, but at the same time, we have to make sure um, again that we are doing the best we can to uh, to to. Uh, be the stewards of those tax dollars as efficiently as possible. And if that means that we have to take a look at our building stock and say, well, population is here. Enrollment is here. If we can, you know, combine, consolidate two schools and then sell a building if we need to, whatever, whatever that, whatever that ends up looking like, we need to have that discussion really seriously. Frankly speaking, I mean, there, these aren't the only ones that um, we probably need to look at. I think we need to continue looking at that. Um, because the more money we're spending on buildings that we could be consolidating, the less money we have to spend not only in classrooms, um, but also for everything else we need in the system, right? I mean, you know, we've t- talked so much about the need for, you know, making sure we have teachers, making sure we have everything we need to make sure our students learn as much as, much as they can in the most comfortable environment they can. And if we're managing that many buildings when we could have less, 
it's going to be harder for us to do that. And this uh, discussion will continue. And uh, Rick, I appreciate you putting on your Board of Education hat. Now, before I let you go, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you, ask you to take that hat off and go back to your Main Street hat for <laughs> sure. a because this will be the final text. Two seconds, and we, okay. Then we got to go. Text says, are there plans for Upper Washington Avenue near the Pile Hardware Store? So yeah, the, the what is what most people call the far west side. So mm-hmm. you know, I think um, that as we move forward with our strategic planning process as an organization, um, we're going to be taking a much more sort of block by block approach and not the sort of universal all district approach. Because what we're what we're realizing is if we want to be able to target our resources effectively, we have to be much more myopic in how we approach that. So of course, we're looking at that far end of the west side on Washington Street West um, to see what blocks need the most assistance. Going back to our facade grant program. Okay. That's a block we'll be looking at. If, if improvements can be made there and we can invest some of those dollars there, we want to do that. And we know there's a need there. Um, attention needs to be paid to that area more, and we know that. So we'll definitely be looking at that. Check out Charleston Main Streets, the website, for more information. I appreciate it, man. CWVMainStreets.org. All right. Yeah. Uh, Rick Cavett of Charleston Main Streets, and I appreciate you. Th- let me throw in that Board of Education question. <laughs> totally unrelated. Totally unrelated. <laughs> That's right. Totally that, different that, things. Yeah, thanks, Dan. All right, Rick, uh, Rick Cavett, thanks a lot. 18 minutes away from 10. We're going to take a break. We're back after this from the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live. Brought to you by the Thornhill Outer Group and the Voice of Charleston, WCHF. Brought to you by the Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses. Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses care for your family. Everybody's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real, lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Dave Allen. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only option. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Don't put this off any longer. Spring is coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Call QC Kinetics in Huntington and Cross Lanes, 304-202-5566. 304-202-5566. That's 304-202-5566. As we move into a new year, many people resolve to get into better physical shape, and that's a great idea, but what about your financial shape? As your years continue to add up, is your retirement portfolio keeping up? Stike Wealth Enhancement Group would like to remind you to make sure you're not only focusing on your physical health, but also your financial health. Stike Wealth Enhancement Group, the area's leading retirement planning team, is ready to assist you to make sure those golden years are truly golden. Visit stikeweg.com. Have you applied for the Promise Scholarship? The deadline is March 1st, and it's coming fast. If you're a high school senior, you may be eligible for up to $5,000 each year for college in West Virginia. Apply in two easy steps. First, fill out the FAFSA, then complete your Promise Scholarship application. It's that simple. So don't miss out on cash for college, and don't miss the March 1st deadline. Check out cfwv.com slash promise for all the details. Make a statement with a case knife. A symbol of American craftsmanship. Find your perfect match at Riley's Tools, 204 Main Street in St. Albans. Sixteen away from ten. Bigly, Piggly, Wiggly Hotline 304-345-5850 at Food Pharmacy Text. 
304-935-5008. The Marshall University Quarterback Club in Charleston doing up their 18th annual Valentine's Dinner and Dance. And it's happening this Saturday night from 6 to midnight at the Charleston Marriott Town Center with uh, great food, music, auctions, giveaways, and a whole lot more proceeds will benefit the Big Green Scholarship Foundation. If you need more information, contact the Big Green, 304-696-4661 or Chris Lambert, 304-541-7959. Texas, hey, Dave, everybody's speculating who may run for governor. I would love to see General Jim Hoyer run. I believe he would win with Governor Justice endorsement. Also, I'm for justice for Senate all the way. Mr. Hoyer's name has been thrown out there time or two. The uh, Parmar Store Shootout Day 2 today on the campus of West Virginia State University. First game started at 8.30 this morning with a girls matchup with Doddridge County and Wirt County. Next game's in this order. Today, a girls game between Lincoln County and Lewis County, followed by a boys matchup featuring the same two teams. Then boys and girls matchups with Parkersburg and uh, Spring Valley, followed by a boys matchup with GW and Jefferson. Then it's a boys game between Chapmanville Regional and Bluefield, followed by a boys matchup with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Charleston Catholic and St. Joe, 580 WCHS will have coverage of that game, by the way. And uh, the day uh, two will end with a girls matchup with Parkersburg South and Huntington. The complete schedule available on the Parmar Store's social media and also on my social media, Dave Allen Radio on Facebook and at Dave A70 on Twitter. Uh, we had this on last week, Kanawha County Commission President Kent Carper talking about the high cost of utility rates um, in the state of West Virginia. Uh, well, story written and posted by Brad McElhaney on MetroNews.com, the Public Service Commission has denied a $297 million rate increase request from Appalachian Power and also from Wheeling Power. The average bill for the average household is one hundred fifty-five sixty-six a month. Now, you may be listening to that, and you may be thinking, man, mine's a whole lot more, or man, mine's a whole lot less. But the average is one fifty-five sixty-six a month. Um, had this rate increase gone through, it would have added approximately $18.41 to that figure. So it has been denied, at least at this time. Complete story and all the details available at WVMetroNews.com. Now, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, and we're going to get into this in detail uh, a little bit later on in the week, as I've got uh, the uh, county school superintendent of Kanawha County, Tom Williams, is going to join us on the show Friday morning. We could possibly be looking at uh, more school consolidation in Kanawha County amongst the elementary schools. Jared Lewis has a story posted at WVMetroNews.com. Superintendent Tom Williams is proposing the closure of Grandview Elementary in Charleston, Marmette Elementary, and Weimer Elementary in St. Albans at the end of the 2023-2024 school year. Now, according to the story and what Superintendent Williams says, if passed, the Grandview kids would go to either Mary C. Snow Elementary or Edgewood Elementary on the west side. The Weimer kids would go to Bridgeview in South Charleston or Alden in St. Albans. And the Marmette students would then go to Chesapeake Elementary. Now, this is just what's being thrown out there right now. There's some talk of it. Nothing definite yet. Um, You know, old buildings and declining enrollments, as Rick Cavender just mentioned, are some of the main reasons uh, for these proposed consolidations. And as Rick and I were just talking about, it's never easy. Rick, uh, who is also a member of the the County Board of Education, talked about his elementary school consolidating when he was a kid. Uh, I would look back at... The elementary schools that I went to, uh, I went to three elementary schools in Logan County, and one of them is no longer in existence. Um, and uh, the other two are still there. But, uh, no, I, I get it. And it's not just a – I mean, this, this is going on across the country. And it's never easy when you start talking about closing or consolidating schools. 
you know, um, the the parents are all about getting a new shiny building or at least closing down the broken old ones. But no one likes their community schools being shut down. And uh, and I get that. I completely get it. And as a society, though, we we've always gotten through it. But I do understand the parents' hesitation in this. I completely do. As Rick and I talked, you know, the schools uh, were always, at least for old people like me, the community gathering place. Everything in a, in a community revolved around a school, or as my relatives called it, the schoolhouse. You know, it wasn't necessarily, this is not limited to small towns. This is small areas. I mean, communities, you know, West Side or, or whatever, wherever you may be listening today. That's where the community meetings were held. That's if you had a meeting to discuss a, a water project or it happened at the at the community grade school or scouts or little league signups or whatever. It took place at the little old grade school. But unfortunately, the times are changing and they have been changing for some time. And the big news is, you know, and the big figure here um, has to do with declining enrollments and the disrepair of these schools. At some point, if you've got an older car, you look at it and you think, well, is it worth still continuing to nickel and dime to put money in this old vehicle or should I just go get a new one? And when you consolidate schools, unfortunately, you know, you have you are able to offer a whole lot more. Um, to the students. And, you know, Kanawha County, as Rick said, even though Kanawha County is the largest county in the state of West Virginia, it's still, like everywhere else, is seeing declining enrollments in public schools. Now, this isn't, there's reasons for the declining enrollments in public schools. It's not necessarily just population loss. You know, uh, it's not just that. It's kids, parents opting to go to private schools or doing online schools, virtual schooling, or, or whatever the case may be. So that's kind of where we are. Now, again, I do. Uh, I reached out just before the show this morning to the Kanawha County uh, School Superintendent, uh, Tom Williams, in his office, uh, and he is going to be on the show on Friday to discuss it. It's not an easy decision for sure when you talk about closing three elementary schools and transferring the kids to other places. But, you know, as Jeff Jenkins and I were talking about, uh, I stuck my head in Jeff's office just before the show, some of these schools um, that would be the ones that would pick up these students they don't have enough students there. And by, by that, what I mean is they have more room than they have students. I mean, they're equipped, and I'm, this is just a ballpark figure I'm throwing out. Some of these schools are equipped to have, let's say, 600 kids, and they only have 300. So it's it's a waste of space. So it is what it is. But again, Jarrett Lewis has got the story posted at WVMetroNews.com. Be sure and check that out. And again, Superintendent Tom Williams on the show this coming Friday. 951, Texas case in point consolidation has killed most communities in Lincoln County. According to a texter, yeah, I mean, I can remember going, you know, think, talking about Lincoln County specifically, the different schools from Guyan Valley and the other ones. Now they got one. They got Lincoln County High School. But conversely, and I understand completely what that texter is saying, conversely, Lincoln County High School is one of the finest high schools in the state as far as what they're able to offer for their students and other different things. I mean, Mingo Central down there, uh, this Herbert Hoover High School um, is, is just amazing. 
you know, which is not so much a consolidation story, but but you get what I'm saying, the way that they're building these schools now. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to uh, get into some other things uh, on the flip side of this. Bigly Piggly Wiggly Hotline, 304-345-5858. Fruit Pharmacy Text, 304-935-5008. Dale Cooper's our producer today. We're back after this from the Parmar Store Studio. It's 580 Live, brought to you by the Thornhill Auto Group on the Voice of Charleston, WCHS. Brought to you by the Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses. Eric J. Tarr Family Businesses have been creating jobs in West Virginia. Virginia since 1997. Be the one to discover the best community bank in the Kanawha Valley, Polka Valley Bank. Polka Valley Bank is now offering Certificate of Deposit Specials. Six-month APY annual percentage yield 4.14% and 18-month APY 4.44%. Take advantage of these great rates to increase your savings. For more information, stop by a Polka Valley Bank location today. Polka Valley Bank, where relationships matter. Certain terms and conditions apply. Rates based on minimum annual percentage yield. Subject to change without notice. Minimum deposit required of $10,000 of new money not currently on deposit with Polka Valley Bank to receive APY. Member FDIC. And it's time to replace that old sofa, uncomfortable mattress, or spruce up any room in the house. Pew Furniture Warehouse Showrooms is stocked and ready to help you with any project. Everything is on sale, including special orders. Whether you need a sofa, recliner, or an almost heaven mattress set, our Howard Miller grandfather clocks and wall clocks are marked down to sell. Spiff up the pantry with a Howard Miller bar. Be the envy of the neighborhood. Our clearance area is stocked with lots of cash and carry deals. A little one on the way? We have the perfect crib set. On sale and can be laid away. Lift chairs are our specialty. Let one of our trained sales clerks help you find the right one. Financing available with approved credit. You can apply on our website, pewfurniture.net. Pew Furniture Warehouse Showrooms, 1320 Smith Street, Charleston. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 530. Chris Lawrence here, and if you're in a business that's for people who love the outdoors, then consider joining us for the West Virginia Fishing, Hunting, and Outdoor Sports Show in Morgantown, March 4th and 5th. We've doubled our display space to 100,000 square feet, and we've got plenty of room for your business. You won't want to miss this opportunity to sell your products and services to thousands of outdoor enthusiasts. Give this radio station a call to talk about joining me at the West Virginia Fishing, Hunting, and Outdoor Sports Show, March 4th and 5th in Morgantown. Call 304-288-4244 or visit wboutdoorsportsshow.com. A WVRC media event. Experience the quality and durability of case knives for yourself at Riley's Tools in St. Albans, your source for pockets, sports, specialty, and culinary knives. It's five minutes away from 10, 580 Live, brought to you in part by Riley's Tools of St. Albans, your home for quality case knives. Case knives, the epitome of American craftsmanship, and Riley Tools in St. Albans is one of West Virginia's oldest case platinum dealers. Pocket knives, sports knives, culinary knives, especially knives in stock, too. Visit their family-friendly store, 204 Main Street in St. Albans. Tech says people are going to complain about school consolidation. People are going to complain about raised taxes for funding numerous schools. People are going to complain. Yeah. You're exactly right. And that's why I'm in business here. Uh, sad note, a well-known media figure here in the Valley's died. Craig Selby was the uh, publisher and general manager of the Charleston Newspapers, which was the former parent company of the Gazette and the Daily Mail. He died at uh, 77 after a long illness. He had uh, retired in 2012. Of course, he's also uh, known for being the brother of actor David Selby, who appeared in numerous notable roles, roles in television and movies, probably uh, best known for his role on the TV show Falcon Crest. Craig Selby was 77 years old. 
Questions continue to swirl about about the governor's handling of the COVID funds. The governor is coming under some scrutiny for uh, transferring federal COVID funds to a discretionary account that he, the governor, controls. $10 million of it, of course, went to Marshall uh, for a new baseball stadium. Uh, and it's been pointed out, the governor, it's Marshall grad, uh, Berkeley Bentley, who may get the, the award for the best name ever, uh, Berkeley Bentley is general counsel to the governor's office, and he spoke to the Senate Finance Committee on Friday. And, and this is all confusing, so kind of bear with me here. West Virginia received $1.25 billion in COVID funding from the CARES Act, which was passed in 2020. The governor came under fire for basically just sitting on the funds. Several on the show, Republicans and Democrats. Matter of fact, if you recall, I had a Republican delegate and a Democratic delegate on the show at the same time a couple of years ago saying, release the funds, Governor. Uh, the Fed said whatever money wasn't used should be returned to them by the end of 2021. The governor, though, transferred it to the governor's office of gifts, grants, and donations. And during the Senate finance hearing on Friday, Senator Eric Tarr referred to what the governor did as, quote, pseudo-money laundering. End quote. Now, of course, uh, Senator Tarr, and you can go ahead and throw in Senate President Craig Blair in there, and the governor, aren't exactly the type we're going to go have a beer together after the session. <laughs> All right. Pretty bad blood still there. Uh, and But these are pretty serious allegations. Now, now, getting back to the Marshall Stadium issue, Brian Abraham, who is the governor's chief of staff, is going to be on Hoppy's show. Hoppy's back, by the way, uh, to discuss the controversy of, uh, of using the funds for baseball, among other things, a baseball student from Marshall University. Um, and a, a quick programming note as well on my show, another one of the governor's right-hand men, former Delegate Larry Pack, will be on the show tomorrow to talk about it. Again, Brian Abraham, the governor's chief of staff, is on Hoppy, coming up a little bit later on in the show. Brief national note before we close. Over the weekend, I was watching one of these Sunday morning news shows. I think this was this week on ABC. And during their roundtable discussion, they were talking about the future of current President Joe Biden. And the Democrats on the panel, former DNC uh, Chair Donna Brazile among them, seemed to kind of scoff at the very idea that Joe Biden would not be the nominee or should not be the Democratic nominee in 2024. The host of the show, Jonathan Carl, rolled out some polling numbers from ABC News and the Washington Post that say, wait for this one now, 33% of Democrats do not want Joe Biden to be the nominee in 2024. So obviously there is some sort of a, of a, of a disconnect here because they're saying that they want someone other than Joe Biden to be the nominee in 2024. So, uh, actually, I just totally messed that up. 33% of the people said they did want Joe Biden. So the other percentage did not want Joe Biden to be president. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens because the head of the Democratic parties are saying that, yes, we are moving ahead, that Joe Biden should be our nominee, while the rest of America, at least the rest of the Democrats, are saying Joe Biden should not be the nominee. So, again, a big disconnect there uh, when only 33% say they want him to be the nominee. So we shall see. He, I believe, is scheduled to give his State of the State speech tonight, so we'll probably have more on that coming up a little bit later on. All right, we got to go. Thank you so much, Rick Kavner from the Kanawha County Board of Education and Charleston Main Streets for joining us on the show today, and also our good friend Chris Withrow from the Benny Keaton Shrine as well. Uh, Larry Pack, Special Assistant to the Governor, will be on the show tomorrow from our producer, Dale Cooper, the boss. Thank you so much. Choppy coming up. He's back from his... Somebody. WCHSAM 96.5 FM Charleston 104.5 Cross Lanes A WVRC media station We're proud to live here too
from ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. President Biden to deliver his State of the Union address this evening. The White House says he will focus on bright spots in the U.S. economy, including the better than expected recent jobs report and indications that wages are going up. However, says ABC's Mary Alice Parks. The reality is right now so many Americans say they're just not feeling that. Our latest poll showed that four out of ten Americans say that they feel financially worse off than two years ago when the president first took office. And 68 percent say that they don't trust the president 